Hello and welcome to episode number 88 of It's Never Sunny in Seattle. I'm Dustin Ryan. I'm back from my brief hiatus, and I'm joined here today by the brightest mind I know. It's Mikey Ahedo. Mikey, how does my voice sound? Do I sound all right? I'm like a little bit under the weather today, so I'm not sure if I sound kind of like nasally. Mm, either you always sound like this, or I, I think you sound great. Yeah. Damn, this is a terrible way to find out I always sound like shit. <laughs> you always sound like you have a cold. <laughs> right, right. Nobody's ever been brave enough to tell me until now. <laughs> I think you sound awesome. It's just the two of us today. Uh, unfortunately, Day cannot be with us. He's out doing something fun, living his life to the fullest. Meanwhile, us suckers are here on a podcast talking about the Mariners. But before we get started... Some housekeeping items, of course, as always, you can join our Discord. We will post a link to the Discord along with the show notes. The Discord is a great place to talk about baseball or really just like whatever comes to mind. Uh, that's really kind of my favorite part about the Discord is like all the off topic and like random stuff. Uh, it's a great group of people. Very fun. And also, if you love the show, please feel welcome to support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash never sunny in seattle there's a variety of tiers you can choose to support at i i guess technically the patreon helps keep us ad free mikey would would be run ads otherwise we would not make very much money uh <laughs> running ads but yeah, that's so true I, I would consider it if we did not have patrons a exactly so we love our patrons consider this a threat if <laughs> If the if the Patreon support drops off, you're gonna hear really bad ads that we honestly won't hardly get paid anything for. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I didn't I didn't make that clear enough. If you don't subscribe, we're we're, we're throwing ads. We're not even actually we're not even gonna like we're just gonna give people free advertising. We're not even gonna get paid for it. We do that all the time anyway. I I need to be more careful about that. That's true. All right. Well, anyway. That's patreon.com slash never sunny in Seattle. So please check it out. Mikey, I wanted to talk to you about a few things up top before we get into some mailbag questions. First of all, I listened to the episode you and Day did without me, and you were talking about how I was on vacation, how I was colonizing a Central American country, how I was doing crazy <laughs> All right, all right, how, how, how I was doing crazy white boy shit. All of this is true, but the most true thing is you and Day were predicting what my tan status would be like when I got back. And when I tell you I have the most brutal farmer's tan, it's like it it really looks like I'm wearing like a tan shirt when I take my shirt off. Yeah, dude, I know you. I know. I, like when I heard that, I was like, that's my man. That's why we've been friends for like 20 years. <laughs> because if there's one thing you know bullying you since preschool <laughs> right right oh god well, uh, okay i'd like to clarify the top did come off but there was just one particular point where i forgot the sunscreen and i was wearing a t-shirt and now it's all over oh, for me the rest of the no, summer dude. i'm gonna look like this so uh yeah yeah oh well that's what happens i have a good idea oh please all right, what you're going to do is take your shirt off and go out in the sun, but only sunscreen your arms. <laughs> mm, that's a great idea. Okay, <laughs> real fast while we're still on this. A couple years ago, I was out in the sun too long, like with my shirt off, but sitting down. 
And so, you know, I'm not like a super skinny dude. And, uh, you know, my stomach kind of like rolled up in a few spots. And so those were dark. And then when I stood up, I had like tiger stripes. And I had those all summer. Because, you know, my fucking stomach rolled over (laughs) on itself. I I look like a tie-dye shirt, kind (laughs) of. Oh, man. Well. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Just... (laughs) Other than that, Costa Rica was was great. I, I did go on that zip line and I smashed my head so hard. I thought I was gonna have a concussion and uh Oh god, dude. Come on. Yeah, when I got to the end, the dudes like saw me smash my head and they were all like, Don't cry, don't cry, whatever you do, don't cry. I was like, What? Oh, what oh, dudes? Okay. Oh, there's people that? that like there's people that like receive you on the end, you know, they like catch you once you get to the end. Did they say don't cry? <laughs> yeah, they literally they were like they're like holding me and they're like, don't cry. I was like, all right. Wow. I'm glad you didn't cry. I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> I was close. If they wouldn't have said that, I, I might have shed a tear. Okay. So there was a topic that came up on the Discord right before we started recording. And I just think it's like really rich for discussion. So I wanted to bring it up to you here and understand your thoughts. So, this topic was brought up because Ellie De La Cruz, second game in the majors, very exciting. He hits his first home run, and I hear it was like a screamer. It was like 450 feet, like 115 miles off the bat. You know, that's what Ellie De La Cruz does. But anyway, the home run ball is caught by some frat boy-looking children. I'm not here to... <laughs> I feel like I should be careful about like how much I like bully children on the show. No, but, this, you know. this is fine. Okay, okay, good, 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 good. So some some frat star children. And it sounds like the kids who caught this ball are haggling with the team to be better compensated in exchange for the ball. And this idea kind of, you know, was brought up in a more abstract way on the Discord. Just people discussing if it's right to try to haggle for a piece of memorabilia or if you feel like it deserves to be returned to the player for a minimum cost so mikey i'm wondering kind of where you fall on this what do you think if you were the one that caught ellie de la cruz's first home run what would you do i have a very very strong leaning here and that is you definitely milk the team for everything they've got because uh, they have no leverage if they don't give you something good. I mean, technically, your your leverage is that you will simply leave. Huge douchebag move. I also don't know if they would like authenticate it if you did that, but yeah, I think I think you you bluff. You just say, "Nah, man, that's not enough." Like I I don't know if I'd have the balls to do this because uh, I'm passive and a coward, but I think. Yeah, you 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 ask for, you know, say give me everything you got. You bluff and say no, that's not enough, and then you take their last offer, uh, and then you give the ball back because you're not a douchebag, unlike those uh, frat stars. I'm gonna get my fucking money, dude. I'm gonna be honest with you. I know, I know, I sound terrible. Okay, uh, let me clarify in in this specific situation. Um. I would eventually give the ball back, but like you're saying, I am definitely going to milk it for all it's worth. Uh, 
allegedly, word on the street is the Reds offered these kids a signed ball and a poster. And I'm like, yo, honestly, the poster's weak as fuck. I wouldn't take a poster if it was just like free as I was like leaving the stadium. You know what I mean? If they offered me a poster, I was like, step it up a little bit. I know you guys can comp me some tickets, like at least. Come on, a poster? If they offered me a new car and a poster, I would turn it down because they offered me a poster. Thank you. Oh my God. That was my attitude too. I was like, honestly, the poster is kind of insulting. It is. I'm like, don't like, where do you think I'm at? I'm not, (laughs) (laughs) that poster is not going to, I got mouths to feed. You know what I mean? I have a cat. That cat doesn't eat posters. You know, (laughs) you gotta, are you sure? No, honestly, my cat probably would eat posters if I left it on the ground. So (laughs) anyway, okay, slightly different question, uh, because I feel like this is like a a different permutation, but it's different enough that it might elicit a different answer. Uh, There's a veteran who has been in the league for, you know, 15 years and they hit a big milestone. Let's say their 600th home run. What do you do if you catch that? Oh, dude, that's worth way more money. You milk that. Okay, good. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm really just trying to do this to make sure I have some backup in case everyone thinks I'm a douchebag for saying this. But, you know, in that situation, I, I know nothing can really be comparable to this, especially these days since baseball isn't as, like, mainstream and baseball memorabilia isn't probably quite as valuable. But when Barry Bonds hit his record-breaking home run, I think that sold at auction for... A million plus. It's insane. So let's say it's even less money. Let's let's say it's like a hundred thousand dollars, dude. That's that's life changing to me. And it's just one souvenir to the player. Like I I don't think they take it that seriously. Where they would lose any sleep if they didn't have their six hundredth home run ball. You know they have their they have their five hundredth, four hundredth, presumably first. Um, <laughs> Doesn't so... really talk this way into this year. <laughs> Dude, I don't give I, a fuck. I'm taking that money. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not very money driven. If anyone knew the the career choices I'm making currently, like would would know. But it's all silly. And like I said, I would eventually give the ball back. <laughs> I sound like a bully. I guess we are just bullies. Um Yep. Yeah, let's see. Who else can we can we harass today? We've already done children. We've mm. done baseball players. I, I feel like there'll be some other harassment opportunities going forward. Yeah, we'll get to it. Great. Well, speaking of harassment, can I harass <laughs> you with some mailbag questions? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sweet. Let's get into it. Okay. First of all, Meow Mix asks... God, okay, I hate it when Meow Mix asks questions in the mailbag because then i have to say meow mix asks and it's super hard but anyway yeah and meow mix asks two questions See? i couldn't say that either so yeah anyway they ask two questions first one who are some mariners you think will positively regress and who are some candidates you see negatively regressing this summer pretty straightforward question just uh you know pick a few candidates for positive or negative regression I think one's already happening. Um, been I feel like I've been pretty vocal that Teoscar Hernandez is uh, is going to positively regress. The numbers are 
have been good. His ex-Woba has been good. I'm not, I hate X number kind of analysis where it's like, well, his, you know, his ex-Woba is 30 points higher than his Woba. Like, you know, uh, sometimes there's a reason why that's the case, but I think between that, he's been singing the ball lately, I think for the past week and a half, maybe. And I, I think he's just looked better at the plate. So I'm going to go with Hernandez for positive regression. Do you want to, do you want to do your positive regression? We'll trade. Sure. That's a good idea. I mean, to be honest with you, you stole my first option. I was also going to say Teoscar. Um, I've kind of been riding that train all season, kind of since he started slumping. I just, I don't know, for all the reasons you listed, I feel like it's only a matter of time before the results start to pan out a little bit differently. But since you already mentioned that, I eh, instead I think I'll go with Ty France. Ty France hasn't been terrible, but I think he just has like a lot more. He has a lot more juice than he's shown so far. Can you, can you see that juice in him? I don't know if I can see the juice in him, but I, I agree. He, uh, I don't know how like, you know, banged up he's been, but uh, I just think he's got extremely like it doesn't show up in the in his barrel numbers like he he barrels the ball less than pretty much everyone outside of JP and, and Colton Wong. So, yeah, I just I think he's got more in the tank. I I really do think that that early season Ty France from. Was that last year? It was last year. I don't know if he's that insane, but I, I just think he's his, you know, ability to put the bat on the ball and cork it into right center field is, is you know, he's one of the best. For sure. I feel like there's always Ty France, maybe even more so than some other players. This is common like around baseball, but I feel like Ty France especially is always playing through some sort of injury, whether he's even aware of it or the team is aware of it or whatever. I mean, shit, just the amount of times he gets hit by pitches and where they hit him. You know, I I think a couple weeks ago he got hit on the wrist and everybody was scared that he was, you know, going to go down for a few weeks, hit the IL, and he didn't end up doing that, but just watching that video, I'm like, there's no way that didn't have some sort of like, uh, you know, lasting effect. And the wrist, especially. I mean, so all, all of that is to say, I also think it's possible that he heals up a little bit, maybe on the other side of the All-Star break, especially. And he starts to rake into the late part of the summer. So yes, positive regression. Now, negative regression. Yeah, I think um, this is... <laughs> I say this every time now, but I always kind of cop out. I think the Mariners bullpen, I'm going to pick an entire positional group. And I think that's, you know, Damn, dude. even after you just wrote that article about how the Mariners have been able to like find incredible relievers out of nowhere and like kind of like make them. Hey, I still love them. I just, I think, I think that things have gone so you know, so well that when, you know, when you're, when you're performing to your towards the 100th percentile, you know, it's, it's pretty likely that you're not going to sustain that. So I think, you know, essentially, you know, we're really talking about like the, the definition of, of regression here. And there are two ways that uh, you can kind of project regression, I guess. One is like, oh, 
Paul Seawall, or I don't know if that's a good example. Uh, Gabe Spire has a Woba of 226, but an ex Woba of 242. So he's been more fortunate than, you know, his batted ball outcomes weighted, you know, with his strikeouts and walks. Uh, and the other way is, oh, this guy is giving up an unsustainable, you know, amount of weak contact. So X Woba or X Will Bacon. That is probably the case with a fair amount of Mariners. So I, I think they're all legit. I think, you know, I stand by every single thing I, I wrote in that article, but it's mostly just a, a math answer as opposed to I am losing confidence in them. Um, and I think, you know, the, the past couple of days, like them struggling, like that, uh, these are, those are the games that you kind of expect to see a little bit more of. A couple of episodes ago, you and Day answered a question asking you to rank the members of the bullpen based on how much you trust them to throw a clean inning. Matt Brash was towards the top of your rankings. And he kind of got shitted on today. And then a little bit lower, Taylor Saucedo kind of got shitted on today. <laughs> I'm not bringing this up to, to dog your... Unbelievable. Uh, I'm not bringing this up to dog your rankings because I totally agreed with your ranking. You know, it just goes to show you how... How funny baseball is. Do you want to hear something crazy? I wish I could write about this. Uh, I, they don't They don't like when I write too much about the Mariners. A, a league average ex-Wobacon is 430. So that means like ex-Woba on contacted, you know, balls put in play. Um, uh, Matt Brash is at 430 right now. The insane thing, the absolute just fucking insane thing is he's allowed 53 batted balls. How many do you think were barreled? 53 batted balls. I am going to guess. I know it's low. I'm going to guess four. One. Oh, shit. I thought I was like taking it too far by saying four. That's crazy. It's, it's purely... It's actually really insane. I really would love to write about this. It's purely on flares and burners. If you look at weak, topped, under, flares and burners, solid, barrels, you know, those are like the gorked, barely making contact. Like, he's, he, he, in a way, I think has, I don't want to say it's like been too good for his, you know, like, he's created such weak contact that it's kind of, playing against him oh yeah i know what you mean so like there's this yeah there's this idea that there are some pitchers that are just like dead zone pitchers where technically they are doing their job by inducing weak contact but just like it, it just lands in that dead zone you know just beyond the infield and that is just kind of uncontrolled but like if he were to give up a little bit harder contact, I think is what you're saying, then he would be like a, a fly ball specialist and he would have like a 0.1 whip, right? Yeah, I kind of, I tend to think so. Like if you look at his base hits, I'm really eyeballing it. But like in terms of base hits, he has a double, it looks like off the wall and a home run to center field. Everything else is like mid outfield and like more shallow so it's a lot of singles and a lot of them are are uh you know like up the middle or just like gorked into right field i i've said you know i've said this for the several episodes i'm not worried about matt brash 
the numbers are ugly, but I think uh, he also, I don't know if you saw, he he threw three cutters in game and they looked really good. Oh, okay. Is that, is that his first instance of using the cutter this year? Yeah. And dude, guess how hard, he said almost 98. Guess how hard his cutters were. Ooh, fuck. I mean, normally, if I were to just guess that a pitcher sits 98 with their four seam, I would think maybe the cutter's like 91. Dude, it's 95. Let's go. Damn. It's insane. I wonder if he is maybe going to start using that against lefties in particular. That might be, you know, kind of one way he dips into his tool bot i don't i don't know what the idiom is here <laughs> but anyways that was a really long answer to that question and i just i got excited about matt brash leave it up to mikey to somehow like derail a conversation about negative regression to talking about how awesome matt brash is please leave it to me i swear to god i could ask you to like give a toast at my wedding and you would start talking about how awesome matt brash is <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do this for the bit okay please yeah. <laughs> my family will be thrilled yeah your mom's gonna hate it <laughs> my mom. Right, exactly my mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay let me just um uh, let me just say my pick real fast and then we can move on um jose caballero i love jose caballero but i do think he's playing a little bit over his head right now so there i've said my piece jose caballero i love you but i won't blame you if you don't keep it up all summer moving on next question homo sapien asks what former mariner that's still in their league with their current stats do you think would be the biggest help to the 2023 Mariners? So you can't just cherry pick any Mariner that's ever existed in any season. Somebody that's still playing right now. If you were to just transplant their stats into our lineup, who would you pick lineup or rotation? I should say, I want to hear yours first. Cause I honestly still don't have mine and, and you, you made it sound like it was a gimme, but I think it, is i didn't do like super extensive looking but just off the top of my head i feel like tell Marte, right posting a 120 ops plus so far this year worth nearly two war correct me if i'm wrong that would be the best on the team right god damn really and you know he plays middle infield which is like exactly what we what we need right now so yeah this this is kind of a layup for me but please put me wrong. Maybe there's a better option. No, I think that's the one. I mean, Nelson Cruz is like not hitting. <laughs> I know. Uh, I was, I, that was definitely an option that I ran through in my head. Unfortunately, it seems like his like old man powers are maybe finally coming to an end. Dude, have you seen his player picture this year? Um, I think I'm looking at it. It's he not looks great. fucking. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, really? I was going to say, he looks fucking sexy, like in the Padres uniform. And then he's got the salt and pepper beard now. It It's pretty nice. I just think he looks kind of kind of washed now. But no, it, your your actual answer. Do you have one? I feel like there's a couple good candidates still left on the board. Can I not take yours? Okay. I'm just like clicking through. I mean, like <laughs> Gene Segura has not been good. I, does Edwin Diaz count? I almost picked Edwin Diaz like... <laughs> But no, it's their stats so far this season. So no, unless you just want somebody that hasn't pitched. 
I don't know if this is like a good thing or a bad thing that like we just have no usable Mariners from the past several years. Yeah, Marte's kind of the only. Should I should I throw you a lifeline and give you some possible candidates? Yeah. Okay, Adam Frazier has been not bad, which is hilarious. Uh, Carlos Santana, not bad. It, it would be nice to have him slotted in there at DH again this year with what he's done so far. Is that it? I mean, it's Slim Pickens, man. <laughs> I'm going to go um, Adam Frazier. I still, you know, I always thought the skills were, were pretty good. Also, shout out to... Was it Anders who said a lot of people said like Wong is is Frazier. And I think I still think that is silly based on their statistics. Like Wong has just not been anything like resembled anything he's ever been. But yeah, I guess shout out for being right. Yeah, I mean, he he had the base hit in the playoffs last year, um, which is pretty much the only defining moment he had. But um we could use a second baseman that can hit from the left side and can platoon with Dylan Moore. So that would help shore up our lineup. Dude, I am obsessed with players who mean absolutely nothing to the franchise, like in the big picture, have like a huge signature moment in the franchise history. You know what I mean? Like, imagine if Edgar's double would have been hit by like... I don't I don't even know who's terrible from that time. Imagine if Edgar's double would have been hit by Adam Frazier. You know, we'd have to have that statue. <laughs> the double, dude. I mean, that, yeah, that's what playoff baseball is all about. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's move on. Well, okay. So Clay Wins asks, is it too early to discuss upcoming trade market? Jerry's recent interview piqued my interest. So I'll throw that to you, but maybe we should hold it until Day gets back because I would honestly feel like I'm betraying him if I ask this question without him here. That guy loves to talk about trades. That guy does love to talk about trades. Um, it is not too early. It's never too early, um, especially when you are the Seattle Mariners. And DePoto, yeah, essentially... Um, I think one of the quotes was like, he was like, you know, we do a pretty good job of negotiating for guys where you wouldn't necessarily think that they're available, which is pretty, you know, uh, he's known for his quotes, but uh, quite a, a zinger of a quote. I'm, I'm willing to, to toss out a couple names. Uh, I think we can talk more when maybe I'll, I'll pull names from one team. Okay. Shoot it. I think the Cardinals would be fun. They are very not good compared to their division. Currently in last place, despite, I mean, they're 11 games below 500. That's not like awful, awful. I really like their lineup. It's it's really their, their pitching, I think, that has uh, let them down. And Wilson Contreras is also not hitting. But I think... Brendan Donovan is one interesting guy that had some did some really interesting things in the offseason that, you know, I actually haven't like he's he's gained a little bit of power, but um, hasn't seen exactly what, you know, it felt like he was going to do in the offseason uh, can play second, can play outfield uh, pretty young and 
is open to, you know, non-conventional ways of getting better. And then I think Tyler O'Neill, ever since he kind of dogged it around third base and coached shit on him, he got benched. He said, you know, I'm just trying to stay healthy. Uh, I think he's in the doghouse and he's hurt right now, but just an unreal unreal skill set like physically you know can can hit dingers can run really well can field can't really stay healthy not the best fit in terms of you know the mariners need guys who can get on base but they also need guys who can hit and he's shown that he can hit so uh those are two names i'll throw out that's a great shout to identify the cardinals as a likely trade partner definitely for the fact that Based on their record, they should definitely be selling. And the fact that we've linked up with them in the past, I definitely think there is some truth to the, I don't know if this is like a like a wives tale or kind of just like a, a thing that gets said. But to me, I, I think it's true that there are some teams that just don't trade with each other for one reason or another, right? There are historically just some teams and some front offices that just never link up and never see eye to eye. So that being said, you know, there was the Marco deal with the Cardinals and is that the most recent one? I feel like there's others I'm forgetting. I think that is the most recent. And I actually, I'm, I'm now drumming up uh, <laughs> a specific <laughs> trade. I'm, 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 I'm going to be honest. I'm on baseballtradevalues.com right now. <laughs> Dude. Okay. I love that site. It's probably, <laughs> the most misleading shit but i love to just check it just to make sure i'm not like totally totally wild but okay what's what's your proposal i'll let you know if i uh approve or deny this trade i i think people might hate this it's uh yes it's tyler o'neill for brian Wu, and and i gotta i gotta like find someone tyler locklear i don't he just got hurt, I think, right? Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. Let's let's say that, and and maybe like a, a a maybe they give us something back, and we give them a a comp balance pick. Go with that. Oh, um, I might have to throw up the X on that one to be honest with you. That's fine because I I just drummed the drum this up right now, so. I'll be curious to hear what our listeners have to say about that proposed trade. They can sound off in, in the podcast banter channel and let us know if, uh, let's make a, let's make a poll too. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put a poll. If you listen on Spotify, you can vote in the polls that we post with the episode. So feel free to do it there. Uh, okay. That'll do it for the mailbag today. Now I want to move into a topic that I feel like is very important, especially right now. And especially given what has been the, the, the content of this podcast lately uh two pitchers bryce miller and brian Wu. you and day did an emergency pod to talk about brian Wu being called up and he had a not very good time in his first start against texas a very tough assignment but nonetheless only went two innings gave up six earned runs so i'd like to use this time to do a bit of a odd topsy on that brian Wu start uh maybe you can just Talk about what you saw and uh, your feelings after seeing his debut. So I didn't watch it. Luckily, I didn't watch it because it it didn't go. I 
in some ways when we were, cause last time, you know, with Bryce Miller, I was fairly conservative and, and day, you know, ended up being closer than I was. Also, I'm pulling up his, his, uh, specs right now from Alex Chamberlain's Tableau uh, pitch leaderboard. So, you know, I was a little more uh, aggressive this time around and he got absolutely shellacked. But yeah, what we heard about him was true. He throws, I think actually Lance Brozowski's numbers were closer than mine were. I'm trying to remember what I said, 475 release. He averaged a 4.9 vertical release point, which creates a really, really, really flat shape. I think it's probably about Palsywald uh, flatness to give you know folks kind of an idea. Yeah, I mean, just didn't throw... Like, his slider got put into play a lot. I think just... Bryce Miller and, and Wu are, are, are both really suffering from, I think, not being able to, to throw, you know, a second thing for swings and misses. So I, you know, I think part of the reason why we're talking about this is just because people are wondering, I've had people ask me like, what is wrong with, you know, with Bryce Miller, especially because it's been two starts now. I think I'm, I'm, I still, I still feel all right about both of them. Um, and I, I didn't <laughs> throw Brian Wu in that trade package. Um, by the way, I'm awful at thinking of trade proposals. But I I didn't do that because I don't believe in him. I did that because it just seems reasonable. He's not going to make it till the end of the year. The Cardinals don't need him through the end of the year. Uh, they need pitching. They're pretty good at developing hitting. Seems like a fit. But the fastball looked pretty fucking unhittable. 26% swinging strike uh, percentage. Threw it for a lot of strikes, as you might imagine. Didn't really get put into play. But the the slider, the sweeper, 36% uh, put into play. So that's, I think, four, four out of 11. Um, he didn't give up any home runs, which I'm pretty part of the reason why I feel optimistic. And the slider is just like that sweeper shape is is pretty unreal. Um, 17 inches of sweep. And he has a, a really, you know, pretty good shape sinker that is very, very different from his Forcing fastball. So Brian Wu's got a lot, I think, going for him. I, I think I think that start was really not indicative of him. Uh I have things to say about Bryce Miller, but I want to give you, you know, an opportunity to say things about what I just said or about either of them. Hmm. Well, I guess going into this start, the main concern with Wu was the secondaries, right? So I guess after this start, putting the results aside and maybe just looking at, uh, you know, some more below the line stuff, do you feel like you're coming away with more or less optimism for his secondaries than before this start? That's a good question. I think I think I'm I am suffering from some recency bias where, you know, I, I the, the the sweeper wasn't getting a ton of whiffs. I mean, I think Wu's kind of similar to, uh, well, kind of different. But, like, you know, he would be unreal if he could, you know, throw, like, a splitter or something. I think he, he, you know, when you look at his velo, like, he's he's throwing 96 and everything else is 82 or slower. I think, you know, fastball, sinker, sweeper is good enough, but would be, uh, would behoove him to, to throw something, you know, more in the... Uh, and like that middle band of velocity. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. That makes sense. But but regardless, though, uh, I think, uh, you know, the, the stuff is really good and his command is good, so. One more question I'm going to put you on the spot with, and then we can move on to talking about Miller. So Brian Wu came up presumably only because uh, Marco got hurt. And I, I'm not sure if Marco has officially hit the IL yet. It sounds like a flexor tendon issue, which is a little concerning. He he has. Yeah. Um, and he basically said, same thing I had in 2021. This time it's less severe. So that's the background there. Okay. So question is, going forward, who do you think will slash would have had the better season the rest of the year of Wu or what we would have got from Marco? It's a fucked up question. Presuming, sorry, sorry. Uh, presuming Wu, like, in this scenario, didn't have a pitch count or, like, you know, pitch count restrictions, because I feel like that kind of makes the question too easy because it seems like he's not really going to be able to have a full workload the whole year. So let's assume he was able to pitch the same number of innings as Marco would have. <sighs> the <laughs> the projections are pretty close. Um I think Wu. I mean Marco really does find a way to just post not great peripherals, uh not only in terms of like ERA estimators, but also like his batted ball quality, but then he just ends up like he he is just kind of a gamer. <sighs> yeah, I but he like he hasn't had a home run problem this year i don't know I, I i think i would like to bet on especially because marco doesn't like has a pretty league average walk rate i'll bet on the guy that can miss bats and has you know really like an outlier fastball you know for for all that i complain about him and and don't love watching him pitch marco is you know <laughs> i feel like <laughs> pulling teeth uh is you know a, a not bad number five option and especially now that he's like mixing the the change up and and curveball and more has become more unpredictable i'm gonna force you to say nice things about marco that's just my absolute favorite now he's gonna do awful you sound like you, you sound like you have a gun to your head anytime you're forced to talk about it I swear. <laughs> please help okay so um, you know, the other part of this tandem of poor rookie performances has been uh, Bryce Miller. Over his past two starts, he's posted a 19.29 ERA. Is that good? Um, I don't think so. I think, I think you want it low. Okay, so it, it sounds like you've been getting a lot of inquiring people asking what the deal is with Bryce Miller, so why don't you take this opportunity to set the record straight, tell us all why Bryce Miller is not broken. Yeah, and uh, to be to be clear, it's not like people are just like, I don't know, harassing me in my DMs and asking about, uh, uh, I don't know, people like Bryce Miller. I think, you know, I've, I've just had people, while I'm talking to them, to them be like, by the way, uh, what the fuck is going on? And I think um, I think one of my takes is just that if, you know, if you take this season and, and it happens in a different order, and I don't know, maybe this is a, a tired argument, but if this didn't happen two starts in a row, he's still sitting on a pretty good season 
I think the counter arguments are a, it did happen two in a row and you know, it might have happened because the league has figured him out. I don't know if that's a compelling argument, but so I think that's, I think that's one. Um, and I think the other counter argument is that he's been hit pretty hard. His barrels per batted ball event and barrels per plate appearance are both really high. My counter counter argument is his X will bacon isn't that high. And I think those will settle down after, you know, pitching once or twice more. So I think that's kind of a presentation of a lot of this. Similarly, I think, you know, the stuff is really good. I think, yeah, I think uh, in the short term, a little bit more. I don't know. Actually, it's kind of hard because Miller has succeeded. Wu has, it feels like to me, the higher floor, although he just, you know, only went two innings. And we should say, like, Wu only pitched two innings, but wasn't giving up home runs or like screamers off the wall, missed a lot of bats. Like I think in some ways it was a positive outing. He just was at the mercy of, you know, they, they didn't want to Robbie Ray him probably. So I don't know, like Bryce Miller's stuff is still very, very good. I, I think one of the questions that we had is like, you know, kind of wanting us to revisit, like, are you, are we worried now about the, you know, the the disparity in release points for Bryce Miller? And uh, I think still no. I mean, he has a quote where he's just talking about like, you know, I just really need to mix my stuff more. I, I, I feel like I'm locating well, whatever. But he's, you would just expect more whiffs based on, based on his pitch properties. I, 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 th- I think there's a reason why guys don't throw 70 to 80% fastballs so even if you have an outlier fastball you know the more you see a pitch the more you know the second third time in the order you're you're going to be able to to line it up um and guys were doing it before then so i i think miller in particular needs to be a little more unpredictable and i don't know with Wu, like maybe just throw i don't know keep doing what you're doing throw more fastballs and, and sweepers uh it worked out pretty well the release point stuff is still interesting to me. So I'm wondering if he were to change his release point on his fastball, like make a conscious effort to sync up his release points, you know, to be consistent across whatever pitch he's throwing. I guess, one, how difficult do you think that adjustment would be? And two, do you think it would negatively impact like the shape of his fastball or, you know, the rotation he's able to get on his fastball or anything like that? Because maybe I'm stuck on this or maybe like I'm, you know, ignoring some obvious evidence, but I, I still find it hard to believe that hitters can't pick up on that. So like, let's say he did want to adjust to change that. Do you think that's like, that's easily done? I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch anything with the release or, or mechanics, especially, you know, cause part of the reason why he's so good is, uh, he, you know, he has a really, uh, you know, vertical tilt fastball with huge spin. Yeah. I, I think, you know, then you, you risk the, you just risk, you know, messing up the, the, the one really outlier thing about him. 
you know, we, we saw this happen with Logan Gilbert, his rookie season, like the same thing where uh, he had different release points for fastball, slider, curveball, had a super weird, wonky changeup grip. Bryce Miller's like, you know, since AM has been pretty hip to tech and that's only more so since then so i think i think he'll get it dialed in 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 the in the off season i think this season like you really just want to expose him to major league hitters practice you know see what feels good whatever i think he'll probably tinker with grips and i think that will inherently change release points i don't know if the difference is i i just i don't find it compelling because they're there aren't that many examples of guys that do this, but I've I've never really heard of one that, you know, that's been affected by it. And I'm inclined to believe, you know, like we said last time, Clayton Kershaw, I think it just has, it's more likely that, you know, if you're throwing out a different release points, you're probably like, maybe you're telegraphing your like arm action, but you're, you know, you're probably doing something weird with your pitches. I, I'm not sure he he ought to get to the point where he is throwing you know multiple pitches with identical or similar you know arm speed and arm action he'll be fine yeah yeah understood it it probably makes more sense to mess with the pitch mix rather than mechanics right your pitch mix is much more uh easily manipulated so okay i think i understand that mikey shall we move on to talking about the vibes surrounding the team the vibes we love to talk about vibes i'm just going to read off some sets of numbers to you you can tell me once i'm done what uh, significance these numbers hold to you 10 to 4 10 to 2 16 to 6 12 to 3 and 10 to 3 what kind of emotions are stirred in hearing these sets of numbers well the first number reminds me (laughs) this is like a rorschach (laughs) exactly that's what i was going for i was actually going for like a rorschach test like type of situation so what do you see when uh these numbers are before you i was gonna say something about my mom but it felt weird um (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah that's I think the catcher is like my father and (laughs) it's back. We should have a a, a film screening or something. (laughs) Ooh, dude. I would love to. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's the games we've lost by large margins. Correct. Those are several of our past losses going back to the Yankee series. Understandably, after getting swept by the team that's in first place in our division and also like being dealt out some lopsided losses in that stretch too. Uh, I think the fan base in general is feeling negative once again. Dare I say there might even be some doom and gloom out there. Doom and gloom. So my question to you, is it justified are you feeling doomy? Are you feeling gloomy? How are you feeling? Well, the options you gave me are... This is a very feelings-centric podcast, Mike. Tell me how that makes you feel. I'm so proud of you. 
Thank you. I'm trying to uh, embrace my sensitive side. Well, I think a CBT therapist might say, you're, you know, you're just thinking about it wrong. These are just irrational thoughts. Uh, <laughs> I think. Oh, dude, that would be dope if you could like approach this like a therapist. You know what I mean? What if what if I was a client and I was coming in talking to you saying like I was really sad and depressed about my baseball team and I think they're going to be bad. Dude, I'm so washed now as a therapist. I'm like five months <laughs> out. God. Damn, you get rusty that fast. I mean, yeah. I dude, I I've seen like TikToks of videos of actually like uh i think it's like a joke but like just different kind of theoretical orientations working with a problem and it went through a bunch and, and one of them was just like a new therapist and they're you know just how clumsy and goofy like mm. that that was that was me at times um i'm sure to, to be expected but uh yeah yeah we're all clumsy and goofy in our job sometimes it is it is not gone, but uh, yeah, I, I would. Okay, need fine. To... You can just you can just answer this as a, a as a baseball <laughs> analyst and fan. I'm not going to put you in that position. What was the question? <laughs> Are we good? Oh yeah. Um, no. <laughs> That's... Uh, okay. But I think we're getting better. It's okay. Here's here's what has happened. The most boring. I'm sorry. The most boring pitcher on our team went on the 15-day IL, and one of the most exciting pitchers in our pro, uh, in our farm system was called up. Didn't pitch that well, but that aside, happened. Trevor Gott went on that 15-day IL. Andres Munoz came back and looked fucking awesome. Dylan Moore is back. So good. So Mike, good. Mike Ford is getting a chance. You know, I, I think... I think there are a lot of things that are, you know, justifiably upsetting. You know, the last couple series have been rough, rough, rough. But uh, and I, I didn't even mean to sound like a dog right there, but I guess I did. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know, the Angels, Marlins, White Sox series are coming up. Like we're probably going to do better in those series. I again, I really don't feel like an optimist on the whole. But I just, I think it is very easy to see a route in which we fast forward two months and the Mariners have passed the Angels and maybe the Astros or the Rangers. Like, they, who knows wow. if they shit the bed? Um, I mean, you know, at this point, I, I find it unlikely, but like, I think they've, they've built themselves a, a decent cushion. But again, their relievers suck, and I, I think that that rotation—it's been a top five rotation, at least just by you know a, an assortment of stats. That is not a top five rotation, um, thanks to Dane Dunning, really. Like, so I don't know. I I really encourage everyone to look on the bright side. Maybe that's my um, that's some. <laughs> positive psychology coming out <laughs> that honestly was kind of my uh i guess i am somewhat optimistic because that was partially you know a, a, a part of my framework i guess as a therapist nice all right i dig that i mean i'd rather look for reasons to be excited than look for reasons to be sad so fuck it you know 
is anybody <laughs> is anybody going to come back to me in like three months and be like, yo, you said we were going to be better and we weren't. I guess that's not maybe uh, that's that's not the right attitude. We should try to just like be honest and um, <laughs> and, and you know as like rigorous with our predictions as possible, regardless of what people do and don't want to hear. But no, I agree with everything you said, especially your points about Demo and Munoz coming back. I feel like that um, is going to be kind of like a sneaky like area of production going forward. Did you see Demo get into the game today and get kind of his first at-bats? I didn't. He worked two walks, played a pretty good third nice. base. Yeah, he looked good. Right on. Um, yeah, and, and what you said about Munoz, too. Uh, so those, I feel like, yeah. are two huge pieces, especially if Demo can, like, be part of a platoon at second base now and just save us from whatever the hell is going on there. Uh, yes, so reasons to be excited. Uh, a yeah. slightly softer portion of the schedule coming up, kind of, which means the potential for wins is higher, but oh boy, is the potential for disappointment so high right now. I'm, I'm just going to say, if we get shit on by the Angels, Marlins, and or White Sox, this shit's getting burnt down. Our whole listener base is gone. <laughs> People are going to be so sad. I'll be sad. <laughs> I will also be sad. Um, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, if Demo hits, I mean, it's just one viewer hole. I, I just, I, I think we're getting to the point. We're getting towards the point that that AJ Pollock or Colton Wong are replaced. I think AJ Pollock is like pretty close to to gone. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I honestly kind of think he'll be the first to go like he's been for some reason you know like kind of ignored as very bad you know they they did give him the richest contract free agent contract since uh nori aoki oh my god that is so cursed yeah but like i mean he's played once in the past week and and hasn't done the one thing that he's supposed to do which is hit well anyone but lefties so I think that, you know, they could probably replace him pretty easily and then do something with Colton Wong, who's still not hitting. Okay, well, thank you for this vibe check. I feel like I probably owe you like $120 for this session. Do you take my insurance? Uh, No, no. I of course you don't. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm a fuck face like every other therapist. I only take private. Yeah. <laughs> you, take, you take every other insurance except the one I have. That's usually how it goes. Yeah, and, and no no Obamacare because um poor people don't uh uh <laughs> they don't deserve it. I'd say. Okay, let's put some dates on when when they get traded. When there's a trade. Interesting. Uh can I say next week for Colton Wong? I swear to god he's gonna get DFA'd next week. Does DFA count? Um I yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm okay. just say yes. <laughs> um. Okay. Let me look at the Mariners' schedule. You say next week. Okay. I'm but gonna say the Yankees. Colton Wong is gonna be gone. I'm gonna say the 25th or tw I'll say by the 26th. And part of the reason is because we're gonna play the Orioles, and Jerry Depoto is gonna see Adam Frazier 
hit a dinger. Oh my god, and it's gonna and it's gonna be like that meme of that guy walking down the sidewalk and like looking at that other girl. Oh dude, holy shit. Yeah, dude, make make tweet that. <laughs> there you go. I'm too lazy to make those. I know. Um so that's that's my guess. So by the, the twenty sixth of this month and yours is the fifth. I guess if you want me to put an exact date on it. No, uh, I do. I'm changing it now to before the Yankees series, so just sometime before June twentieth. Okay. Okay. That's Colton Wong specifically? Uh both of them. Fuck it. Sure. Fuck it, yeah. We'll just... <laughs> it, does, it doesn't just matter. Off, we'll fix it in <laughs> post. This is a this is a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You guys have no idea how bad this sounds before I edit it. Okay. <laughs> oh. We've been recording for quite a while. I'm getting hot. Uh, I, I have to take pee. a shower. I have to pee yeah. so bad. And also, I'm I'm going to the farmer's market. Well, I think it's closed, oh. but I'm going to... Oh, oh, here we go. I've got a... um, I've got a bi- uh, business I don't like to plug. Should I do it? Yeah. Go for it. Uh, Molly Moons. Cop lovers. Fuckers. <laughs> I hate Columbia City. Anyways, they have a calamansi uh, cream uh, ice cream, which is like lime. It's it's kind of a lime and lemon. I've seen somewhere that's like a lime with like notes of tangerine. Anyways, it's a, a Filipino fruit and they have a calamansi cream. So I'm going to get that. Like uh, Yes. Yeah. Our world is full of contradictions. Sometimes you have to buy the calamansi cream ice cream, even if it's from cop lovers and bootleggers. All right. No <laughs> ethical consumption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somehow we always find our way back here. Well, let's let's close up. This has been quite enough. So I have been Dustin Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Dustin J. Ryan. If you like, I don't really, uh, I'm not super active and I especially don't talk about baseball stuff very often. So there's that. <laughs> but you can don't also find him. You, you can find Mikey on Twitter. He does tweet often and he does tweet great baseball stuff. On Twitter at underscore Kuya Mikey, and you can find Day as well at Day Shake Junior. Two excellent followers. Follow them before you follow me. I don't really do shit. Okay, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go out there, support the Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Neversun in Seattle, and join the Discord. We're all one big happy family. Thank you for listening, and go Mariners.